This is AM Reviews. I'm Adrian. I'm Muhammad. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and all things superheroes. And whatever else interests us. Be sure to like AM Reviews on Facebook and check out our YouTube channel at AM Reviews. And follow us on Instagram at Moe's underscore TV16. And at just underscore Adrian underscore underscore. Which will be linked in our podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to AM Reviews. It's Muhammad and Adrian. We're here to review the Netflix original film, Jingle Jangle. It's a Christmas movie, pretty much an all black cast. It's starring Forrest Whitaker, Madeline Mills, um, which is, I think, his daughter, as mm-hmm. she's young, um, Ricky Martin. Keegan-Michael Key, Anika Noni-Rose, Felicia Rashad, Lisa Phillip, or Davina Phillip. It's a few other people. I don't know why I'm missing them. But So, Jingle Jangle basically takes place in this fictional old town. It's kind of like a period piece. Um, mm-hmm. Forrest, wait, wait a minute. I gotta get the other guy, because there's a young Forrest Whitaker or young Jeronicus. young Jeronicus. Yeah, Jeronicus. Just Cornwell. Okay, I need to get on IMDb because I'm just in the wrong place. <laughs> young Jeronicus, which is the main character, which is also Forrest Whitaker. His name is Justin Cornwell. He is this great inventor. He has his own shop where he's been creating toys for a long time. And now he's come across this potential big invention which is a toy that he wants to distribute to everybody and it'll change his family's lives. And his family is made up of his wife and his young daughter. Um, but he also has an assistant and his name is Gus. Gus. Ah, that's really hard. To, <laughs> when you look at it, it's kind of hard to say, but I remember them saying it like what? Gustafsson. Gustafsson, I think. Yeah. Okay. Gustafsson. Um, he's the assistant of Geronicus and he feels underappreciated. He feels like he's, he's an inventor also, but nobody ever looks at his stuff. And most times he does fail, uh, when it comes to showing off his inventions. But once this toy is, is made from Geronicus, he finally gets this game changing invention. The toy, it comes to life. And it persuades him to steal all the secrets and uh, inventions and um, all of Geronicus life's work all in that book. It persuades him to steal it and he's off to the races to make his own toys. But um, what did you get from Jingle Jangle? Yeah, it's a it's a fun story. It's nice. It's it's um I believe it's either the director or. I think it is the director, um, who is the director, or either the producer, is the same person who did um, The Greatest Showman. And I think it really shows, especially in the um, that very first scene in this film, the, the big dance number, whenever he invents this really sentient toy. Um, and I think it's the director's not the director, name is David, someone. David E. Talbert. Right. Yes. Um, so it, it has a, a lot of the same feelings as The Greatest Showman in the beginning. 
even even some of the wardrobe and things, because um, it is kind of a back in time with no realistic time date. Almost feels like Whoville or a um, Santa's workshop type feel, um, especially Geronicus's workshop, um, which has all these magical toys and things that he's created. Um, and you have Ricky Martin, who's playing the voice of this toy, who, who, who he creates and is very self-centered, right? Um, and Jeronica says, I'm going to make you and give you to every kid um, across the world. And he's like, no, I want to be one of a kind. And that's when he starts to whisper in Gustafsson's ear about taking the plans and going on. Um, so he does that. And, and um, obviously... Whenever he steals a toy and the plans, Dronicus is broken and he can't go on. He's lost his spark um, because his apprentice betrayed him and it kind of changed him forever. Turned him into a bit of a Scrooge. Um, his wife died shortly after and um, he lived a sad life alone um, until his, his granddaughter Journey wants to visit. Um Wait, wait, before and this we, is also being. I was going to say gonna before you before start telling that. the story, just tell tell us what you thought about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was. It's that it's an old time storybook feel. Um, I think it feels like a class. It feels like it has all the makings of a of a classic Christmas story. Um, from the way it's told, it's, it's told as a nighttime story. I'm going into this magical land. Um, in the beginning, narrated by Felicia Rashad. Um, and yeah, it was really bright. It was fun. The music, I think, was really good. It, they did a good job of making like these musical numbers. They had lots of influence from um, pop culture and even some like Caribbean, African beats in there. Um, so it had a little bit of everything. And the style of it was the filming it was really good. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, it definitely looks like it has all the makings for a classic. Um, reminds you of what you said earlier, the uh, Whoville. Um, all the sets look nice. I mean, really, it doesn't even look like a set. They really put a lot of money into it. Um, Felicia Rashad, she is the narrator, you know, telling this whole story of Geronicus and his family. Um, but I think where the movie kind of falls short is suspending your disbelief on some things um, because you just have to believe in a certain thing and, you know, it just happens. But I guess mm. that that plays into the magical part of the movie and it being for kids, because this is I, I think it's for kids. I, I think adults can enjoy it, too, because I did, you know, with all the musical numbers and um, it reminded me of kind of like a Disney movie, you know, just break out into song right in the middle mm -hmm. of things. And I mean, everybody's happy. <laughs> right. I almost felt like uh, you were in Arendelle watching um, Anna and Elsa and then Frozen and walking through their town. Um, like this is the, this is the next town over. It has that feel. Um, and you're right. It was, it's very fun to watch. I think for people of all ages, right. Um, catching things. I don't think the story was, incredibly predictable i think obviously, obviously this is going to resolve itself in some way but um it even had feels of the, the polar express when you talk mm -hmm. about that having to want to believe to make things real um that's the entire polar express thing right believing is seeing seeing isn't believing um or other way around what seeing 
something like believing, that. Yes, believing is seeing. Um, so that is what powers this magic, this spark in him to make his toys work. Yes, but like you were explaining earlier, he loses the spark, and um, it is due to his assistant who steals his book. Gustafsson, he steals um, Jeronica's book, and he becomes a successful toy inventor off of all the works of uh, Jeronica's book. And the toy is kind of like his guide, or really his, um, what's another word? It, I mean, he's much more of a native thing. Yeah, puppet master. Exactly. So he follows anything uh, the, the toy tells him to do. And he eventually runs out of ideas because the book, he's used all the ideas out of the book. So um, that's when he goes to well, Gustafsson. That's when he tries to go look for some inspiration by going back to um, Jeronicus, his shop. Actually, the toy tells him to do that because he doesn't believe uh, Jeronicus has any more ideas because he's pretty much washed up. I mean, he has not invented anything in a while and he's losing money and his shop is about to close up. But uh, before we get to that or go any further, I feel like Jeronicus, even though he lost his magic, he should have been able to, I don't know, think of something else. Because this guy who has no talent, his assistant, was able to make this huge empire and be best toy inventor for many years. Well, apparently, I think he took his book had, I think, 30 inventions or 20. It was a round number. I think it was 30. Um, And he just let one out every year for 30 years. Um, And Geronicus, I guess the whole thing was that was kind of it. Those 30 ideas, plus one, I guess, um, but those 30 ideas were it. And I think he, he, he was able to, I think he'll be able to think of more, right? Like if this had a sequel, um, but it would only happen if he believed in himself again, which he did not. Um, once he lost that book, he really thought that was it. I mean, it took his whole life to make the book, um, and you could argue it would take him another lifetime to do it again. Um, so he just, he lost the energy, he lost the love for it, um, and, and he gave up on himself more so than anything. I think that's why he wasn't able to do it. And you kind of, and, and, you know, at the end of it with the specific invention that he makes, it really comes down to, it always works. He always worked. He just didn't believe in himself. Yeah. That's what I was talking about with suspending your disbelief, you know? Just believe and it'll happen. But uh, let's go back to the part where you were saying that his young granddaughter comes back because his his daughter actually left because he wasn't really paying attention to her, even though she tried. Um, so she has a child and she sends this child by herself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, to meet a grandfather. That was the and most kid part of the movie. Just go off <laughs> to your granddad. You're only 11, um, but you can go on this train and find your way. He'll know who you are. He's never seen you, though. Yeah, that's another thing to suspend your disbelief for. But um, he denies her, um, Geronicus. He's like, you know, my my granddaughter, she doesn't have that name or something like that. I can't remember exactly what the details were. Yeah, but he basically shut the door in her face. 
but she shows him some magic, which kind of uh, a light bulb goes off in his head. Like, okay, this is, well, she is related to me. Right. Uh, and, and pausing on that, on that magic, it kind of reminded me of um, Sherlock Holmes, where he just freezes time and starts doing math in the air and he can see it. Apparently that's what Geronis can, can do whenever he believes. And his granddaughter can do now as well. What's confusing is, can he see it or is her writing in the air just an exaggeration so we can see what's happening? That's 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 a kind of the kid cartoonish part of the film, which was it was a nice illustration. Um, and I think a good way to get the point across. Um, but if you're looking for realism, this isn't the movie. Oh, no, that's <laughs> that's what I go back to the suspend your disbelief, because I mean, it it just requires believing and you'll enjoy it. But, you know, she basically gives gives him the spark to believe again um, by showing showing Geronicus that she has the same same kind of thinking process as him, the magical power that he had. And then they kind of go on in a long adventure where there's this toy that he completely forgot about. He said it, it didn't work anymore, but she was able to get it on somehow with the help of, I guess, his new assistant. Um, I think his name is Edison. He's a young boy. But Geronicus, he never thought that the toy worked, but she was able to get it working. And that's where uh, Keegan-Michael Key's character, Gustafsson, he comes back into play because he sees that this toy that has been sitting around forever is the next big thing. Um, because it's never worked before and he wants to get his hands on it so he can um, mass produce it and make a whole bunch of more money. Um, and that's where we get this, you know, kid friendly adventure where they're trying to escape uh, Gustafsson's clutches while also trying to prove the magical element for uh, Gustafsson. And then, um, I mean, everything kind of wraps up in a nice way. Um, I don't kind of fast forwarding through this, but <laughs> some of the minor details, I mean, it's pretty much. There was a lot packed in there. Yeah, it was. I mean, the movie is, I think, a little over two hours. It didn't feel completely like two hours because I, I did enjoy the ride. But you do have to suspend your disbelief for, I would say, most of the movie. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, I think Christmas movies at the core are all about that, right? Hallmark has a whole channel. Um, dedicated to not believing reality, um, and Christmas is a big part of that um, in how they do their films and their storylines. So I think you're. Right. I mean, that's a, d- definitely a good way to escape and um, get into the Christmas spirit and just enjoy watching something that's not like the rest of the world and is so sad and dark and gloomy. Um, <laughs> it's very bright, cheery, and happy. Um, I think from a technical standpoint, the movie was done extremely well. Um, even the, the toy um, that Ricky Martin voiced, um, that kind of was calling the shots um, behind Gustafsson, even that was like a motion capture type. You know, he's acting out things and they're you know digitizing his body. So he's very animated oh. um, and nicely done. I did, did not feel gimmicky or too cartoony there's some action in there where they're trying you know uh, where they're kidnapped by Gustafsson or their their toy is and 
they have to get it back. So there's a lot. There's a lot that I want people to watch so you won't spoil it. But um, it's it's definitely a, a watch and a rewatch for sure. Oh, yeah, you can definitely watch this. I mean, watch it with the whole family. Um, but I would agree with the way they presented it. Um, it looks really nice. It looks like they spent a good amount of money to make this come together. Um, and some of the scenes where Felicia Rashad is narrating, it shows them shaped like toys in a toy world, um, especially right. near the beginning right. where they, they show kinda, the downfall. Right. Summarize things. They um, go into this this toy cartoon um, which was really nice. That almost reminded me of Claymation, almost like a new style of that um, with storytelling. So it felt like a cartoon and live action all at the same time. Yeah, that was great. I really liked that. Um, I wouldn't mind if, well, actually, I don't know. I was about to say I wouldn't mind if the whole movie was like that, but I don't know. <laughs> I could um, definitely see if this was a Disney movie, there'd be a place Playhouse Disney TV show with those as cartoon characters and, and voice sound-alikes. I mean, who knows? They might make a spinoff where this is a Netflix they could. series. Netflix could. I mean, they, they make so many different series. Why not? But um, I did enjoy this one. Um, it's definitely a Christmas movie that brings in the magic and, you know, tries to make everybody feel good. Um, now, one character that we didn't talk about yet was... Uh, what is her name? Miss Johnston. Now, Miss Johnson. <laughs> well, this lady, I think she lost her husband, or she doesn't have one. Yes. But she she as soon as she, yes. okay, but as soon as she walks in, you can just tell how thirsty she is because she is after Geronicus, and she Jerry. knows that he doesn't have his wife anymore. So. She just wants to take a, take them for herself. And um, I mean, she's nice. Uh, I didn't think she was over the top or anything, but she was really after Geronicus, the whole movie. Yes, she was. And it, it was a fun little side story, right? Um, she even has her own musical number, um, which was I think was pretty good um, with background dancers. And it's kind of so, so I always laugh at movies, you know, where they're talking or dancing in the street and all of a sudden that the, the random neighbors know the choreography and all the words to the song they're not involved in the story at all and there's a few times they pick on that um specifically with miss johnson she has these three guys strangers from across the street who back her up and sing this song in jeronicus's shop i mean then they come back a little bit later on for like some small parts um and jeronicus is like huh background singer like (laughs) so it's weird for everyone not just (laughs) the viewers which i thought was cute i thought that was fun um picking at yourself a little bit but she had some fun parts and she became an, a big part of the story at the end you know she her help is is what made it all um made it all happen um and she is happy with dronicus at the end um in the ending there's a lot that they wrap up they definitely tie up most of the loose ends um they leave a lot to the imagination um we don't really know what happened to dronicus after he um you know got his work back and you know, claim the rights to his property. Um, we do find out what happened to Journey. Journey is now um, Felicia Rashad's character. She's the one who's narrated in the story. Um, and she's with her grandkids. So they're a couple of generations down. Um, and, and this is the first time she's telling the story of Geron- of their great-great-grandfather um, and what he's done. 
and at the end he shows in the factory and they believe with this with the same toy that Dronicus had finished um, when Journey had came back that makes people fly, which is a really big deal um, that they just gloss over a little bit. But um, they do that and they fly out of the window towards the factory. Now I one of the mo- most more unbelievable parts is just how do you not know your part? That's like not knowing that your great great grandfather is Walt Disney. Like, you don't not know that, right? You are living a comfortable life more than anyone else. You should feel this, right? Um, also, is Jeronica still alive? Like, who's yeah. on the back? Is it Grandma? Is it Journey? If so, how do we not know? How do the kids not know? Um, so <laughs> that yeah, was interesting. I- we also never knew or met Journey's father, just not in the picture, which is fine, um, but just did not exist whatsoever. Um we, I assume she was raised by a single parent, or he, he, or he just wasn't re- relevant enough to the story. Didn't quite matter. Didn't miss him. Um, but after the, you know, whenever she's on a train going off by herself, she's like, huh, wow, was going off by herself. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, that's just irresponsible. How can you just send your child off to another town without any supervision? <laughs> but I don't know. Old, old fashioned. Old fashioned. I don't think they did that back then, too. I don't, I don't know. People, whether well, they live a harder life, you know, walking uphill both ways. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, to go back to the scene at the end where Felicia Rashad is telling her now grandchildren about her grandfather, um, Geronicus, it seems like he has to be alive or something because they're going off to see. The uh, toy shop, which is now huge and it's like a huge empire now. Um, it's almost like they didn't even know that was there. <laughs> that, that's what they made it seem like. Either I mean, just these look the kids window. are the most humble because they've been sheltered all their life, or they just are completely ob- oblivious. I mean, which is, I mean, it's a kids' movie, so no one's caring, right? It's a nice little wow. Look at all my great grandfather did all this. Um, but also it's like, what am I in the will? Like, are you, who, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, these, these, um, grandchildren are definitely oblivious to things. Um, but you know, they probably got plenty of presents coming in, so they're not really worried about it. (laughs) (laughs) Also, yeah, it reminds me, I'm Santa did not exist in this universe. Oh, I didn't even think about that. that. Because it's just a toy shop, you know, it's like real life kind of, right? There's not even a pretending of a Santa Claus or anything like that. If anything, Geronicus is taking over this Santa role as Walt Disney. <laughs> um, yes, he's going to buy everything. Right, right. <laughs> um, but I, I like that. Because, well, you know, in the trailers, you wouldn't really know what the storyline was. Um, you could even, you know, I assume maybe Felicia Shaw was a Santa Claus or a... Um, Mrs. Claus. It's a whole different kind of story. So it feels new at the same time. Oh, yeah, it definitely feels new. I mean, this is pretty much an all-black cast. I mean, there's a few people in the background that are non-black, but, you know, really getting that diversity out there. Um, yeah. yeah was, and, the, and the hairstyles they did, um, you know, everything very ways. unique, um, still feeling old-timey, but retro in a way it was really good yeah the way that some of the wigs were like um jeronica's his young wife 
how her hair was. It was almost like too perfect, like too round and, <laughs> and almost spongy. Well, you got to go with that cartoon feel. <laughs> the fact that it all stayed in place doing all those flips and turns and stuff in the air um, is remarkable in itself. <laughs> but I can tell young, young um, Geronicus, that was his real hair. The man just didn't have a haircut, a lineup. <laughs> well, Forrest could agree that. Forrest Whitaker could have had that. You don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, he just looked like he was just beat down. Um, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. Dealt with his part, you know, to the side. It, I don't know. It, it didn't. I wasn't questioning it. No, no. But um, I mean, everything looked nice. I, I'm not really trying to beat the movie up or anything, but. Everything was nice. The costumes, the sets, um, the, the CGI. I mean, I didn't notice any type of, you know, rubbery stuff. But, yeah, I mean, this was really good. It's a, a Christmas family movie. You can definitely go out and watch it multiple times. Um, I'm trying to see if we've missed anything. Um, so Keegan-Michael Key, I mean, I know this is out of order. Gustafsson, his character... Um, as he's trying to blame, so he's he's mad at this point that they've gotten the toy back, the one that can make people fly. He's mad that they they got it back, and he's called up police. They've gone down to Geronicus his his shop, and he tries to explain that you know Geronicus and his granddaughter and new assistant they stole it, but then they flip it back on him. He ends up being put in jail, and that's where Geronicus, he's, I guess he starts his empire all over again. And the guy from the bank, he said, I can give you as much money as possible. He's like, you never have to worry about money again. I mean, it's it all wrapped up pretty nicely, almost a little too nicely, but I think it was Christmas miracle. <laughs> I mean, but the guy, he's just like automatic. I mean, he hadn't even tried to distribute the thing. I mean, he's, he still has to go go and make another one, but he's like, you'll never have to worry about money again, and we'll turn all the lights back on and everything. I don't even know that guy's name, but I guess he ran the bank. Right. I think it might be the banker, but um, yeah, I mean, it does wrap itself up nicely. It, it is unclear if they do mass produce. Um, what is it? Buddy 3000. What is the... I forget the I name. I think that's the name. Buddy yeah, 3, Buddy 3000. That's right. Yeah. Um, they don't. Uh, I don't know if it's mass produced. He comes out at the end to talk to the grandkids or the great great grandkids um, and Journey. And it's like, was he there the whole time and just they never knew or did like he don't show up? Or maybe it's like it's like, um, you know, like a little assistant, a little robot. I'm trying to think of a comparison. Like Wally. <laughs> I mean, but he wasn't really an assistant. Yeah. You know, something that, you know, follows you behind and right. or follows behind you and, you know, does whatever you say. And, you know, I'm trying to think of another comparison to it. Maybe like the cape in Doctor Strange. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of a good comparison. But maybe the robot just says what I mean, does whatever she says and just came yeah. out at that right moment. Yeah. Either way, it was it was a cute moment and um, a nice way to wrap it all up. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
But I guess if you don't have anything else to say about the film, we can go ahead and wrap it up with a rating. All right, let's do it. All right, so the lowest rating is trash, middle is background noise, and eyes is a banger. So how'd you rate the Netflix original film, Jingle Jangle? I would rate this as a mid-level banger. I think think it is an absolute must-watch, no matter who you are, how old you are. It's a beautiful story. Um, I think it's one of those where you don't, I think it, for, for representation, it's really good, right? Seeing yourself on screen and um, the natural hairstyles and the influence, the music. Um, but there's something I think that everyone can enjoy, if at least going away to an imaginary place and watching someone hit rock bottom and come back up better than ever before um, with family along the way. I think um, all the messages in this movie are things that are positive and it's exciting to watch. I don't think there's really a boring moment. Even the montages are pretty neat. Um, the pieces where it turns into a musical, even Forrest Whitaker gets some bars in there. Um, he has his moments. Kind of reminded me of uh, SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs, um, the the grill and the greasy spoon song. Look that one up. Um, it's, a, it's a classic. Um, <laughs> but it, it gave me those vibes, right? Um, Anani Nika Rose, or wow, I said her name so wrong. Wait, get the first Anika name. Noni Rose. Anika Nani, Nani Rose. I think that's. I think it's Nani. Um, oh. She did an amazing job, right? I mean, she's. I mean, she's been on Broadway, um, tons of musicals, Dreamgirls, and um, bunch of films. She was Princess and the Frog. She was um, Tiana. So she. It, I think she. She brought that princess feel. Um, you know, in, in her vo- vocals, um, she had almost like a, like the song when she's coming to meet Jeronicus was like kind of dark, had like a little beat behind it. And it was like, this is a different vibe for this. I like it. I like it. Um, and even she herself is, is smart and has a creative spark. Um, and she gets back with her dad and they build things together. So I think, I think it was really good. I think uh, they had some sad moments. They had, you know, of course, Jeronicus's wife, passed away um but even that you still felt the love and all those things so i think it was really good yeah i do think it was really good um but i'm gonna rate it as a low banger um okay maybe because i'm looking at this from an adult lens so i see more things than i would as a child because as as a child i mean i would completely enjoy this this is like another classic and um like you said the representation um, the sets, the designs, the musical numbers, the way that they did the whole movie. I mean, it's all great. Um, yeah. But you do have to you do have to suspend your disbelief for a few things. Um, just like, you know, just believing and things will happen. <laughs> but um, I would say, yeah, I definitely enjoyed this one. And what's her name? Anika Nani Rose. I knew I'd mm-hmm. seen her before. Just recently, she was in Power. Oh yeah. I don't think as a main role. She just showed up. Yeah. Like for a short amount of time. But yeah, yeah very. I know her, I've seen her, her before. Her accolade list is very long. Yes, very long. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I would say definitely go and watch it for all the listeners. And um, is it too early to call it a classic or? 
Are we just getting ahead of ourselves? I don't. Well, I don't think so. I think I think you know it when it when it when it happens. I think whenever people all agree um, that it's you know a good film, a happy film, something to watch over and over again. I think it's fair to call it a classic in its first year. Yeah. Um, this this would be one of those movies that I would watch multiple times as a child because I had nothing else to watch. Um, because didn't have no cable. So <laughs> one of those movies that I did watch and I still know a lot of the words to is Shrek. Um, mm-hmm. I used to watch Ants, um, Lion King, of course. I, I mean, a lot of different ones. But this would be one of those movies that I would watch multiple times as a child and never get tired of it. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, the fact is on Netflix, I can imagine kids are just, you know, begging for the iPad, begging for the phone so they can um, play it over and over again. Get upset when it's buffering. Right? Lock the phone over and over again. Ask the password. You sound like you've done this. I, I've seen it and I don't I, I feel bad for the parents. I, it's, uh, it's rough. That's rough. It's rough. <laughs> Compared to. I mean, the previous generation might say that we'll spo- that we are spoiled, but I mean, the children today are spoiled. I mean, we didn't have this many options for cartoons, and um, right. I mean, just at your fingertips, I didn't have this. But yeah, wake up early on a Saturday. Ah, watch that Kids WB. Okay. <laughs> and it goes off at twelve o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> oh. Now they, they got on demand. They got YouTube. I don't know how them kids do it. They can't read, but they be watching videos on YouTube. You said um, I, can't read. I don't. I don't know how they do it. They just find the video, and they don't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to laugh at that, but um, that's not a good thing. I don't know. I don't know. What it tells me is these kids, whenever they are today, whenever today's one year old turns twenty three. I mean, holograms and flying cars. This that they it's their generation. I hope it was mine. It's gonna be theirs. It has to be. They've advanced too quickly. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're kind of getting dumber. <laughs> I, well, more dependent on technology. Yes. Um, I was. I will say smart differently. I will, we're we're losing skills. We're in a big transition and we're losing some skills that may make you, by, I guess, dumb by definition and not lacking common, lacking common sense. But I feel like in the same way people eventually forgot how to sell a horse or, uh, you know, stick shift in a car. That was the only way for a long time. Um, and that's been phased out. Cursive. Um we're just, At first, we're, I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> well, no, like a lot of things of old had to end, and people forgot them. And the older generation said, "That's the school you're going to need for the rest of your life." And they said, "No, it's not, Grandpa." And they didn't. So I don't know what those things are over the next twenty, thirty years, but um, I don't know. A lot's changed. Yeah, a lot has changed, but I think reading is definitely a, an essential skill that you need. Oh, reading reading is fundamental, right? I mean, they got to figure that one out, right? Um, they, <laughs> but you think about it, think about someone in their 60s or 80s um, 
who can't get you know can't get to their contacts on their phone, right? You got to know how to read to get there, but you got to know how to work the phone too. And the kids, I mean, they got that step down to a T almost from birth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Without I, someone going through and explaining it. Yeah, I, I mean, there's been countless amount of um, older adults that I've worked, I mean, that I've helped at my job just get through their phone or show them how to do something. Just explaining it and just simple stuff, just pressing. You know, they get frustrated pretty easily. They're not used to having yeah. technology around them every day. But right. um, I think that we were, I mean, we're way off topic, but I think that we <laughs> were <laughs> at the, we were born at the right moment where we had the right transition or the best transition between the older way and the, the up and coming new way. Oh yeah. I think our childhood was definitely filled with the swiftest transition. I don't think it can happen that quickly again um, in the near future. Um, I mean, we went from VHS tapes to um, on-demand television, right? So I think older generations, they've seen all that, but they weren't immersed in it. And we were, but the, the kids born today, they just, yeah, they're good technology, but they didn't have that transition. So I think you're right. We are the last of a lot of things. Yeah, um, the most picked on uh, generation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Old millennials. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this up. So this movie, I mean, we were talking about Jingle Jangle, a Netflix film. Right. Um, but I would say definitely watch this movie for anybody listening. Um, spread the word and definitely spread the word about our podcast. But um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, make sure you check out our other platforms, including YouTube, Instagram and Twitter. And also check out our message link to send us a message and we'll feature you on the podcast. And thanks for listening.